Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim, and I'm so glad you can join me today as you're living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and you are canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. I have to say, I have had the best last three weeks. Well, they've been challenging and great. But the last, I would say, three to four weeks have been awesome. I have met some incredible people. And it's all come through just this virtual world that we have the privilege of using, especially when we use it right, you know? And I've just met some great people. And um, these are folks that some of them are just connections and some are people that I'm actually working with that I get to coach. But wow, it's just incredible to hear their story. And so when you flip on the TV and you're watching the news or you're reading your news feeds and all the stuff that's going on and take a break from the cacophony of chaos and like maybe just chat with someone like like say, hey, what's your story? Tell me about you. Also, in the future, I'm going to tell you about my 23andMe and Ancestry.com results, which is so cool. So I did get them back and it's it's just awesome because I'm such a people person. I realize that I am that multi-flag that I tell people that I am, a flag of so many nations that I'm still undefined, which I love. So um, helps me fit right in where I feel I belong uh, in the middle of everything. Um, so thank you for checking out um, the uh, podcast. It's been doing extremely well, and I'm so thankful for those of you who are regular listeners and new people who are joining in and giving us the opportunity to share the great guests that we have on the show. Um, so thanks. And if you are new, please go to uphillconversations.co, the website. You can find everything there that we've ever done. It's all right there. And if you want to be a guest on the show, click on the button, be a guest. If you think someone could be a great guest on the show, click on that button and submit their information and we'll check it out. Or go to Stitcher and iTunes, just type in Uphill Conversations, subscribe to the show. That would be cool. Um, also, um, I have been doing on a weekly basis now, started, it's like, uh, this is the fifth week, and it's just something I felt very compelled to do, and it's a part of my makeup and the way I like to show up in the world. That's to inspire people, inspire meaning to breathe in. That's where the original word comes from, inspiration or inspire. It's breathing in, and I like to help people have information or or some some stuff, just, just some good concrete things that they can work with for their week. So you can go to YouTube, and this is where I show up in my normal world and the way I work is at uphillstrategies.co, where I coach leaders, teams, entrepreneurs, and individuals, and do some training. But you can go check it out. But go to YouTube and just type in Uphill Strategies, and then look for the category TGIM, hashtag TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. 
the the videos are anywhere between a minute and a half to maybe I think max is like three minutes, but I think that's even a stretch. But it's just to give you a little bump, a little shot in the arm to get moving. So um, anyway, today's guest, uh, amazing conversation with Amy Johnson. She's a PhD. Um, and this book, which is funny <laughs> because I just got it, and um, and I sent her a picture and emailed it to her that I got it because I had not had a chance to read it prior to our conversation, but I've been just devouring it. The book rocks. It's simple. It's great. It's applicable. It's practical. It's logical. It's challenging. I mean, it is full and it's rich, but the book is small and the book is called The Little Book of, uh, or sorry, The Little Book of Big Change, and The No Willpower Approach to Breaking Any Habit. And the book is small. It's SM all. It's tiny. And I love it, but um, because big stuff is in the little book. Obviously, that's kind of the thing there. And if you're laughing, great. If you're not, sorry. Um, but it's <laughs> it's a great book. But wouldn't it be really cool if you could just like discover what's behind your habit or addiction and be able to stop, stop it at its source? That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, because most of us struggle, and I'm reading directly from the back cover, with some kind of habit we'd like to break. Whether it's overindulging in food or alcohol, spending endless hours online, compulsively shopping, or being consumed by self-doubt, our minds can trap us into habitual thinking and behaviors that lead us away from the life we want. But the truth is, you are not your habit or addiction. And you already possess the power to end it for good. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? That makes you curious. That is something you say, please tell me more. So what I would like to do is let the interview speak for itself. Let our let the guest share amazing information. Um, a psychologist who takes the neuroscience and spirituality and brings them together to make it to where you can actually work with this. So without any further delay, let's just jump right into this interview with our guest today, Dr. Amy Johnson. Hello and welcome to the show. Uh, my wonderful guest today is Dr. Amy Johnson. How are you today and how are things going in your world? Uh, things are very well. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited to talk. What I would like to do is, I know you're a social psychologist and a coach. Um, what I love on your tagline for your, um, just your mark for your brand, clarity and insights on habits and life. So let that be a good opener into, you know, how you, who you are and how you're showing up in this world. Yeah. So, um, I, <laughs> I love, uh, seeing how things work including us people, <laughs> life, the big things, you know, and, and little things as well. But the whole thing, um, clarity and insights, you know, I mean, that's, that's just such a huge thing. And I studied psychology in really traditional ways for a long time. And, uh, and I've studied everything, helped a lot, every kind of self-help and personal development and, and all that stuff that's been around for the last 25 years or so. And um, it's just a, a really fun journey of kind of continuing to see how things work more and more clearly. And I've I've seen in my own life and in my work with people that 
you know, there's a, there's a lot of like, everything's always evolving. We're never really done learning and the way things looked like they were like kind of focusing on, um, habits and addictions and anxiety and things like that as problems. And let's, let's fix this or let's get you out of it. You know, that, that just didn't seem to cut it for me. And it doesn't for a lot of people, I think. And so kind of seeing things in a, in a bigger way where it's like, okay, these things show up in life, but let's understand them. Let's really see them for what they are and see that they aren't these horrible, scary things. They're may, they're maybe just misunderstood and, and, and how that, changes things for people. So that's, um, that's kind of what I do is help people see and, and, and understand kind of how our mind really works. Well, and I'm, I, once again, I'm, I think that's, that's amazing. And I love that journey part. And for me, what I, what really stands out is, you know, you say habits and life. So clarity and insights on habits and life, right? So life is really just a collection of whatever your habits are, because you're making most of your decisions, from a subconscious place. And a lot of people maybe misunderstand that they don't realize that you don't have to just live on autopilot. Right. So you, if you want clarity, you're going to need insight. Um, and then if you get insights, then you can get more specific and you can change the way you approach things. And instead of just living a life loaded with theory, because I like to tell people theories are great, but evidence is so much better. You know, it's such a better way to live your life. And so in your pursuit, in your discovery, um, and I would, you know, I I view you as one of those people and just the things I've read is you really do a great job at collecting evidence from this insight and getting clearer to help people with these habits so they can have a better life. Um, What are some of the biggest takeaways or aha moments that you've gotten when you discovered great evidence? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think we're talking about evidence in the same way, but I guess, you know, for me, it isn't so much scientific evidence or what, what a lot of books agree on, but it's just something that lands with us deeply and personally that just is the, you wouldn't even question it once you see it. It's just the truth. You know, like we don't need evidence to know that we love our kids. Right. Like it, it just the truth. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I'll answer this. And I'm thinking that's what you mean as well, but it's like a, you know, a personal deep evidence of things. And, and, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me, like I, I was stuck in I had lots of anxiety most of my life, um, up until my early thirties. And I had an eight year bulimia, binge eating struggle. Um, and like one of the major things I heard kind of toward the end of a lot of that is, is just kind of looking at how our mind, like you said, we, we just live on autopilot and we sort of maybe know we're doing that, but we don't know how to stop. (laughs) Or sometimes we don't even know we're doing that. Right. And just how our mind is going to constantly churn out stuff urges, cravings, the same old thoughts, the same old limiting beliefs, all that kind of stuff. It's just showing up all the time. But to see that there is an us in there that's deeper than the psychology. So so we can let that stuff come up because we can't really help it in a lot of ways, but you can start to see it for what it is. And it doesn't have to run you if you have that awareness of it, be, of it being there. And that became like I could just instantly see evidence for that in my life. 
you know, and, and I, we are in agreement with that because, um, you know, I love the science side of things. I like to read, you know, scientific approaches toward evidence. Right. And I, and I do, but there is nothing truer than the fact that we are spiritual beings. I mean, you know, we have emotions, right? We, we have thoughts, but I think the essence of who we are, our very core, the core of every individual, every person is spiritual being. And you're right. It has to, you know, we don't, no one needs to give me evidence to know I love my children. Right. And because of that, I'm able to find, I think a, what would I say? Just more of a straight line toward what I ultimately need to do. The challenge though is, is dealing with all the other information that clutters, right? All the should I's, is this the right way? Is this, so we can get hung up on all these other areas or these um, peripheral type activities, right? That bring so much mind garbage and clutter. And um, and then we get into comparisons and we start looking at our kids again versus someone else's kid and all of that. Um, when, when, when it comes to the true self, right? When you're working on this true self and who you are, and as you said, you struggled with anxiety and all these other um, areas like uh, bulimia and some of these other uh, uh, things that you've overcome and finding that alignment, like, as a coach, how do you guide people down into that area where they can get some resolution? Um, because if not, if, what I say to people, if you don't work on you know, resolving it or getting resolution or getting some sort of, of pathway or, or, or road work toward where you ultimately want to be, you're going to end up on the side where you are going to live a life looking back in the rearview mirror and you're going to feel regret. How do you help people get a, a you know a better line or a better line on the direction they want to go when it comes to overcoming some of these habits that we have, which we'll get into your book as well because you have some rich stuff in there that I've been able to read. So how do you help people do that? Yeah, well, I think it's um, it's a lot simpler and easier than we think it is. So it's. It's, but what you said is spot on. Like we we're just bombarded with obstacles to it. But when people can see in, in the form of thoughts and worries and confusion and should I do this or should I do that? And what's the right way and the better way and all of that kind of stuff. And then a big dose of it'll never work for me anyway. And who do I think I am? And you know, like that's the only stuff that's in the way. Now I say only stuff as if it's no big deal. But the thing is, it is a big deal when, when it looks real to us, right. when it looks real and it looks true, it's the biggest brick wall in the world. But when people see that that is just the stuff that every mind says, the fact that you and I can talk about this and you're not stopping me to like explain that to the audience, because we both know that everyone knows exactly what this stuff sounds like, <laughs> right. shows how universal it is. You know, like we don't need to clarify that it is universal, which means it's not yours it's not mine. It's not true. It's just the way a human mind talks. So when we can start to see that, when people really see that, and again, this is an excellent place for evidence because what I'm saying right now, everyone knows this with their intellect and yet you'll walk away and you'll believe it. So it's about seeing in a really deep way, having some insights about this yourself where you personally know, okay, my mind is constantly saying these same old derailing things, but I am okay. I already have that path. I already can know from me what the right move is in any given moment because it's always there for us beneath all that clutter. 
So it really is just a question of kind of helping people come to see, oh, this really is just clutter that my mind's tossing out. And they, they start to navigate that primarily through a feeling. I mean, when we're confused or you're feeling hopeless or you're feeling stuck, that is a, that those feelings that we'll all call bad feelings are the biggest gift in the world because they're showing you that you're believing a bunch of made up thoughts. Hmm. So you get to kind of, you know, navigate, like knowing when you're feeling that way, oh, wait a minute, this isn't a time to go into my head and try to solve a problem from my head because my head's lying to me at the moment. I know that because I feel horrible. Let me let my mind just relax a little bit. And then what we see, and I want everybody to, to find your own personal evidence for this because you will find it. When you just don't listen, you're not all engaged in the psychology, you're not trying to fix it or change it, it starts to kind of kind of break up a little bit and there's space in there. And you, when you get quiet in your own head, you will see things, things will look different. And that's a reliable place that we can navigate from. And so that's right there all the time. It's funny. It's just, it's almost like on a cloudy day, freaking out and saying, but where's the sun? You know, it's like, it's there. You just need to know where to look. You need to know, yeah, maybe you can't see it right now, but you know how weather works and you know, you'll see it again soon. Yeah. And you know what? It's hard to be curious when you're bummed out. It's hard to be curious when you feel like crap, <laughs> you yeah. know? And yeah. I, I feel like there's, um, and I, and I, I would love your, your, you know, your view on this and your perspective. So like that, that part, you need to actually allow yourself to be curious. In other words, suspend your need to beat yourself up, suspend your need to just, as you said, just, just get more information and more information and continue to clutter your mind. Because I mean, next thing you know, you'll have a book, uh, you know, a, a bookshelf full of these books that are you're reading and you never finish one of them. And you're listening to a thousand different podcasts and you're talking to 25 different people and all of that. And I believe that's just because you're, you're just pursuing information because you feel this desperate need to change something. How do you yeah. introduce more of an element of curiosity to improve and, and, and to help relax the pressure on yourself? You do you understand yeah. what I mean? Like pressure is a privilege. I do believe that because without pressure, a seed would never, the skin would never be broken and we would never enjoy the things that we eat from a tree, right? Or from, yeah. from a plant. So how do we, how do we help people? just view it more from let's, let's go after this with a lot more curiosity. Yes. Underlying there's a need when you relax the mind for a moment here, but engage more curiosity. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And it's, it's funny because curiosity, I mean, if you look at any child, <laughs> curiosity clearly is, is part of our, our inborn nature. I mean, they're just, insanely, innately curious. There's nothing you ever have to teach a child about being curious. And we don't need to learn that either. But what, what it's kind of back to what we said. It's like the reason we aren't more curious, I think, is like you said, we're full of this pressure and we're taking it really seriously. Like we're, you know, we just feel so weighed down and so hopeless that we can't even muster curiosity. And I can't think of a thing we could do to make someone muster curiosity in a point in time like that. But what, what changes all of this is people starting to see what their feelings are showing them. So when you feel that hopeless, anyone feels that hopeless, that stuck where you just nowhere near curiosity, we need to start to see that that is actually showing us that we're completely using our intellectual mind. Like we are in our conceptual 
psychological, intellectual little brain mind. It's all that subconscious stuff that runs us out. It's where all our habits live. It's where all, all worry and all fear and all anxiety live. And, and we're, we all go there obviously often, but we're so caught up in that. We're taking it really seriously. Like that looks true to us. And so as long as that looks true to us, you can't bring in something like hope or curiosity and hope it sticks. Like it, you know, it just, will just beat it down. But, but the more people start to see, Oh, when I feel horrible, that's just showing me that I'm really in my head and I'm taking my head seriously. Then as they start to see that and they, they see that this big, heavy seriousness is not so serious. It's just a bunch of thinking in that moment. That's always wanting to change. Then they tend to kind of relax and loosen up on it. And then curiosity comes right to the surface because it's what's in there anyway. It's how we're designed. That's so, I love that answer. That is just wonderful. And what I like is you're, you, you're, you're keeping it simple because I feel like, I mean, we're so complicated as human beings as it is. I mean, we're, a, we're just, we're one mystery. It's like, and there's billions of mysteries running around, you know, it's like, um, you know, and I like what you're saying about that because to me, it's like, we, we, we get something in our mind tells us it's truth. And I call those false positives. So a lot of times when I'm coaching people, I'm like, you have a lot of false positives. And they're like, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, it's like, you're just taking this information as fact. You need to learn to build a relationship between the thoughts and the feelings so that you can make decisions and take actions. And then you can have outcomes that you actually can own. And it doesn't matter if it's the outcome, it goes exactly the way you want, but you want to be able to own it. So with these false positives that your mind will get, allow yourself to feel, because I, I believe that your feelings, they'll have a conversation with you. They do want to talk, but the feelings are not the place where you can reason. Feelings are not your, if you're using feelings to do all your reasoning, you're going to have a lot of trouble. <laughs> you know, you've got to yeah. build a relationship between the mind and what you're feeling as well. You know, I like to put it as you have a thinker, a feeler, and a chooser, because you're going to make a decision based on those. How do you help people bring those two worlds together? Their feelings, what they're feeling and what they're thinking? Well, I think they're the same thing. So I, th I think we feel what we think. Okay. That's it. And, and I, you're totally right. Like I wouldn't, you, you don't want to reason or, or, kind of do, you know, you don't want to reason it at the level of either of those. So you also don't want to jump into a busy mind that's thinking a bunch of stuff and trying to figure everything out and, and figure it out because our mind are like, when I say this, I mean, kind of like our, our little mind, like just our little personal thinking and all that, like that's, what's creating every problem we ever have. So it's so backwards in a way, because we jump into that little mind to try to fix the problems that it's creating for us, you know, like it, it just doesn't make sense. But but to me, it's almost like, okay, there's thought and feeling, same thing, and that's always moving through us. But there's that deeper place that is us. And I'm telling you, like the second somebody, like there are little personal thinking just kind of quiets down, we feel, we, we connect with us. And in that place, there's just instant clarity. Hmm. There's enormous peace, like everything. We have perspective right there. It's why everyone's, you know, growing up, their your grandma said, oh, go sleep on it. Yeah. Go take a nap. You'll see it different tomorrow. Like it truly is that simple. But we have complicated it so much because we're so in our heads that we're trying to use our heads to solve problems that our head created. 
Yeah, yeah, that mind just gets, it's just going. They say, you know, what is that, the old, the old uh, commercial, remember, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And, yeah. you know, and it's true, but also the mind can create a whole lot of waste, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, you, I read a blog, one of your blogs, and it was a story about Tony, and please forgive me if I don't get it all correct. But one of the things that stood out, and, and if I don't get this verbatim, um, please correct me here, but, you know, answering all the mind's questions, because when we get all this in our head and we're just living there and we're just going, going, going with this little mind, the the mini you that's inside your mind there, answering all the mind's questions most often lead leads to more, you know, and as a yeah. coach, I know one question, the first answer is never the answer. Like when I coach, I know that there's more to it. But not, but you know, so it gives more questions, not fewer questions, but buying into the illusion. And I love the use of illusion here that these worries are valid and require actions, uh, um, is what keeps us hooked. Talk about how you get hooked on a way of thinking and the dangers of just getting hooked, which I think develops a very fixed mindset and not a growth mindset. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting, um, it's like we, you know, we're stuck and we've learned from a very young age to go into our heads and try to figure things out in there. Right. So the thing is where we have so much at our disposal that we're not even aware of, even in the midst of of scrambling around being on the mental hamster wheel. Like you're talking, I love what you said about, you know, the, and the first answer is never the answer. So I think always think of it as like skimming the, the stuff off the surface of a pool. You want to get all that, that gross stuff off yeah, and then before you, you dive in, <laughs> yeah, then you dive in and you dive deep and you know, at the bottom of that pool is kind of the freshest, cleanest water right. and all the sludge is up at the top. So, so, you know, we can dive in and be like, Oh, I know the answer, you know, and we, we get hooked on our own thinking and, and, and it feels good for a minute because we had all this sludge we were swimming in. And now a thought comes in that says, Oh, don't worry. You have the answer. And that gets kind of addictive. I mean, that's a little bit like any got to feel good habit, you know? So then we scramble around and we act based on that, but that's just a thought too. So maybe that isn't the answer or that doesn't really last or lead us where we want to go, you know? And then we jump back into our thinking and grab another piece of sludge that seems a little better than the last piece. And, you know, and it's just this, this merry-go-round, but but to see again, you know, like our mind is going to just spin with solutions and problems and answers and questions and all of that stuff. But we all know what it feels like to be in a deeper place. And it, this is nothing even, it's not, it doesn't even feel woo-woo in the least to me anymore. It might to some people, but it's just the most practical thing in the world, really. Again, it's like, you know, sleep on it. There's a reason that that is absolutely true. It's like, there are things we know, like we were saying, we know we love our kids. Like there's so much like that, that we know, but our mind is so active that it questions and doubts everything. So we do get kind of, we get kind of stuck in that level. So again, it's a great place to kind of look for a feeling. And I don't mean a feeling as in an emotion. It's not joy or relief or anything in particular, but it's almost just that deeper feeling of knowing and again, minds everywhere are listening to this saying, I don't know that feeling. What does that feel yeah. like? You know, but yeah. just let that sludge pass <laughs> and just, you know, just get quiet. And you do know that feeling. You live in it. We all live in it often. And, you know, and I do believe patience plays a big part in this. You have to have a willingness to give your 
self, the patient, you know, be patient, but the time, you know, there's time that's needed for you to go through this because you will have trial and you will have error and you need to be able to give yourself the freedom to work with that. Um, you know, I think that we're in such, you know, a hurry up world that we want a one and done, you know, like here's the problem. I solved it because I made a decision, Yeah. but it doesn't stick. Right. What, what habits, you know, or what, how do you help people form positive or healthy habits, um, to get to the point where something sticks? Well, I think it's about that insight. It's back to like insight and evidence, you know, um, I, there's no amount of doing and in, in what you said is right. Like we, you know, we're just so rushed and we so want it now and get it over with and check it off the list. And so where our mind goes in that, in those cases is what can I do? Tell me what to do. Or even what can I think, you know, how can I believe, how can I shift this thought and all this kind of, you know, it's very, very active. And it's, it's the most ironic thing in the world because it's like, just that layer beneath all that mental activity and questions and doing and strategies and all that stuff, we're already okay. We already have what we're looking for. No, no one was born with a bunch of bad habits. No one was born with all this stuff. It's just psychology that comes up and, and creates a big ruckus in front of us in our own heads, you know, and then we start to believe it and we get wrapped up in it. But it's really, to me, it's just as simple as like continuing to look at how how we can believe that less because the instant you believe it less, nothing needs to be added. Everything you want is right there. And so even when, you know, I work with, with people who are really heavily addicted, sometimes all kinds of habits and lots of eating disorders and all kinds of things, but sometimes you're really heavily addicted to alcohol or drugs, you know, big things. And it's like, they are habit free. They just have a, a mind that's constantly spewing out pain. And then the solution to the pain is to drink more. But, but the second they can start to get some distance from what their mind is spewing out, they, there's nothing they need to add or do differently. It's like the, it's right there. It's just seeing through all the illusory stuff that's in the way, which is hard. <laughs> it's hard because it's in our heads and it, and it's, you know, it looks relevant to our life and it feels real. We feel it in our body and it's a really, really well-made movie. So it looks so and feels so real, but it's still an illusion. It's still in our own heads. Mm. That's so powerful. That's a great, great illustration and picture. Um, I, I love when, you know, for me, words are art. And so you can, you can paint pictures in your mind with them and really see it. So I, thank you because I, you can, I can visualize solution when you talk. So that's great. Um, yeah. So, you know, you have this great book, The Little Book of Big Change, and um, in some of the things that when people think of changing or they want transformation in their life, um, obviously these are choices you're going to make, decisions you have to make if you want change and transformation, like a lot goes into it. One of the things I run into a lot of times when I coach and I work with folks is that they really, really bank heavily on willpower. And then they end up being so, so disappointed because willpower is not enough. It's kind of like love. Love is a verb. It's action, right? So it's a choice too. A lot of people, when you say, well, how do you, you know, you go through a bad situation with someone, whatever, but you, you but you're still there. Well, why? Because I love them. Not because I'm like in some kind of weird codependent situation. It's because it's a choice that I'm making. 
it's a choice based on what I know I have with that individual or what I'm doing and, and where I would like to go and the conversations that we have. So, you know, there's a lot more deep work there. Sometimes I may need a little willpower and I can will myself to win on something, right? But that is not sustainable as a way to have change or to, you know, you know, break a habit. Or do you think it is? Um, no, it isn't because I mean, willpower is just a, it's, it's an exhaustible resource. You know, it's a, it's a great tool for, for when it's, when it's the right time to use that tool, but it's, um, it's not sustainable. And the, the funny thing about it is the times when we, we want to say, okay, I'm going to use my willpower at this point. Like for me having these overwhelming urges to go eat a ton of food, like it, you know, that was the last time in the world that like my willpower was already exhausted by all this, all the pressure and the stuff floating around in my head, you know? So it's really ironic. It's like, you know, like you're going to use your muscles to like move something really heavy and you're going to do that, you know, while you're asleep or something, like when your muscles are not even ready to be used. It right. makes no sense. So it's an exhaustible resource. It's a great tool for when it's good. But again, what we've been been looking at here is really where it's at. And that's it, having some insight. That at seeing something, because once you see it, you can't unsee it. Because you see it and you have that personal evidence and you just know it as a truth. So some of the insights that I help people have around their habits that I had around mine that helped me walk away from from my habits are are things like, you know, not like we've been saying, like knowing that you're absolutely well and habit free right now, but that your mind goes up into these habitual places. Very different than saying, I have this diagnosis or I have this disorder. No, like you're a healthy person and your mind travels to a place. Well, everyone's mind travels to a place. (laughs) We all have our issues of the day or month or year or whatever, where our mind goes. And that's not, there's nothing disordered about that. It just means you're a human being. But the more you can kind of not take that so seriously, and again, just kind of see it for what it is and not have to not to have to act on it and jump on it and just let it be there, you see that it also goes away. And then all that health that's there waiting comes right to the surface again, because the only thing blocking it is thought. So having insights, and again, I can say that and it resonates with people. It sounds like a great idea, but we need to explore this for ourselves and, and find your own proof and your own evidence and see that that is how your mind and your life work. And then you'll be done. You know, once you believe that, you you would never be caught up in a habit. Well, what I the all the reviews and different things that I've read, and once again, I apologize that I have not been able to read your book. I have a lot of authors, and sometimes I can get to them, and sometimes I can't. But I intend, just so you know, on reading the book because just the things that I've heard you speak about, um, videos and blogs and and such. Um, what I like is that you're not just treating people like templates. Um, I do believe we have frameworks that are similar. Like one of my favorite things to tell people is I have a fingerprint that's different than yours, but I also have a DNA that's different than yours. So 99.9% of our DNA is exactly the same, but 0.1% is my difference. That's my unmistakable me. Right. And I, I think that the things that I've been able to read about or even excerpts that you've even discussed or even spoke about the little book of big change, really, you're doing that you're telling you're opening the door for people to discover it for themselves. So go more into the book 
um, if you would. And also, if you were to say, what do you want people to walk away from reading that book or take with them and keep with them and turn it into, um, you know, I would even say something that has the shelf life to be a manual for the way they could live. Yeah. Um, you know, knowing how we work, like we, we have this incredible, resilient, healthy design and we, and we innocently, innocently get so caught up in the problems. It's just, it's, you know, it's just what we've been saying, like a doubts and worries and fears and all these thoughts come up. And when they come up within us, that's the thing. I mean, it really is this amazing HD, you know, 3D kind of experience that we're in because we feel it and it sounds true and it feels true. But seeing that that's just how our experience works and that, and that beneath that, we're always well. And that, again, the worse we feel, the more stuck, the more confused, the more insecure we feel in any given moment, that is there to show us that we're just getting caught up in, in our concepts and our worries and our thoughts. That's it. And the second we let go of that, it's like a snow globe. The snow globe gets all shaken up. But if you want that snow to settle down, you just set the thing down. Its design is that it's going to settle on its own. Our mind works exactly like that. No one knows this. If we know that, I see it all the time. I, you know, I've seen it with thousands of people at this point, really. Like when we start to see that our mind actually works that way, we start to do it, <laughs> live it, like know that right. things fall away. So I think if there's one thing people could see, you know, it's that you're habit free and you're well already. And, and the whole thing about, you know, the willpower and the trying, it's, it's the most innocent thing in the world that we get really worried about our habits and caught up in them. And, and we focus on them and we try to come up with steps and behaviors and thoughts that are going to change them. And it's just, it's just looking in the wrong direction. Cause again, it's us using our mind to beat our mind and it just won't work that way, <laughs> at least not sustainably. So seeing that the anything that looks like the problem in that sense, you know, like we don't need to bring more to the table. We have exactly what we need. We just need to relax. And you can't just go out and tell people to relax and expect them to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, hey, hey, relax, it. calm down. It's like, are you kidding me? Do you know what's in my head? <laughs> exactly. So I'm, you know, our job would be much easier if we could do that. But, um, you can't just tell them that, but you can, you know, as people start to see, oh, this is actually how I'm designed. Like they start to relax on their own because you just don't take all that stuff and you don't, you don't take all that stuff so seriously, but you also don't walk around thinking that you need to fix yourself. There's nothing you need to do. Like we've innocently created all our problems innocently. Right. Like we get in the way and that's what causes a problem. The design behind it is perfect. So the less we get in the way, the more we relax, the more things are going to go our way. And again, that you can't just say that, but it's easier as people see how this works, they naturally start to relax and do less because they trust and they've had their own evidence to see that, oh, wow, my life does go better. And I do have more clarity when I'm not thinking so hard about it. And, you know, and then things kind of reverse and they start moving in the, in the direction of health. Wow. That's so rich. It's um, it's funny. I, I just as you were speaking and saying these things, 
Um, you know how everyone's like, you know, every year there's this new TV, right? New TVs. Now this is 4K. Your phone yeah. can shoot 4K video. Why? Because you want clarity. Why? You want to see more of the picture. You want more detail. You want it to be rich. You want the experience to be there. You want to be able to feel like you're in the picture, right? You want to feel all these things. Wouldn't that be great if we could just say like, hey, I want a 4K life like that. You know what I mean? Like I would, I really would like to you know what I mean? The, the, that the human innovation, you know what I mean? Like as a human being, as you said, that we're well, we are already, um, I think the way that you said it is that we're habit free and we're well already. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, we're, we're, you know, we, we've got thumbprint on the lens of our camera, <laughs> you know, exactly, it's, exactly. you know, yeah. And I think we can have that, you know, maybe not, 24 seven. But the thing is like, do we even need it 24 seven? So it's sort of like our mind, our snow globe gets kind of shaken up. Our mind gets busy. Then you feel, you're going to feel the effects of that because you just feel what you think. So you're going to feel confused or tired or disoriented or frustrated or whatever people feel. And if you can see that feeling as, oh, okay, set the snow globe down. Then suddenly you're headed back in the direction of 4k clarity. And it's a, it's a back and forth because that's how we're designed. We think, and then it settles down Then we think more and then we worry about it and then it settles down. But you know, if we can be okay with that, like, I think that part's kind of fun. It's self-correcting. It's not on us. There's no problem. So we don't need to live in that constant clarity, but it is ours. And it's like, again, you see kids there, like the less we do to get in the way and the less we worry about it, the more we naturally gravitate that way. Mm. So when it comes to like habits and addictions and things that people are going through and, you know, um, you know, even you shared some of the things uh, in the beginning that, you know, you've, you've worked with and overcome a lot of people, they end up with this whole thing is like, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to cohabitate with this problem and I'm going to manage it. In other words, I'm going to give it a room to live in. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, I, I don't believe that I have to share space with a bad habit or an addiction. I don't have to. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that as far as, and do you address that in your book? So in, in terms of kind of having it there, but, but sort of knowing it's not you and does that, is that kind of what you're asking about? Like kind of going on with your life, sort of having this thing there. Yeah. It's almost like they know they've, they've got, you know, they say skeletons in the closet. It's like, you know, do I, I don't have to make space. I don't have to leave them in that room. In other words, I don't have to say, okay, I can manage this now. It's manageable. Do do you understand what I mean? I I get, I, I believe that you can overcome something and you don't have to live a life of managing the, of, you know what I mean? Like I, I believe it's like, so, you know, when someone says to someone, Hey, you're a liar. Maybe they told a lie, but lie. But when you call them a liar, you are now calling, you're saying that as a person and as a human being, you are a liar. That is your identity. Right. And I I get a, that's what I think that somehow people keep the remnants of that as their identity and they always feel some sort of association to guilt and shame alongside of it if they don't overcome it. Yes, totally, totally. And this is huge. I mean, they're, one of my, one of my mentors once talked about it as, um, to use this metaphor, she said, you know, it's like, if you go to this party and you're having a great time at the party, like you look back at the party, it was a, it was a really fun night. You had a great time and you're happy and talking to everybody. 
but someone snapped a picture of you at one point in the party <laughs> and you had guacamole down your face and you had a really <laughs> nasty look on your face. Now, if that picture, <laughs> if that picture lived on, like it, you would look like a grumpy person who hated the party and probably hates life. And that's not at all the case. That was one snapshot in one moment. Now, it's hard for people to hear that. Everyone will tell me, I, thousands of people <laughs> literally said this to me. Yeah, but it's not one snapshot. I, I binged and purged seven times last week, or I you know, shot up 10 times last week, or whatever it is. And the thing is, like when we start to live life in a moment-to-moment way, I get that that's the past. Yes, we can look back and our mind wants to see it that way. Our mind will want to put a label and give a, you know, give an I turn it into an identity and do all this big heavy stuff with it. But the truth of it is, we live life moment to moment to moment. And the rest washes away, but for our little mind grabbing it and carrying it along with us. And this is a huge thing for people to really have some personal insight about, because again, it's easy to dismiss this in your mind. But the more we we start to see that, the more we forgive ourselves and just completely let things go, then then they don't follow us. So it's like that thing, like we all have lied before. And, and I don't believe any of us is a liar, even people who lie most of every single day. They're a person who tells a lot of lies. Well, that's not who they are because in any moment they might not be lying. Mm. Then where's that identity? You know what I mean? Like, it's funny. Like we just want to grab onto this, like it's so real, but it isn't. So I think that's huge to see, you know, and that's a really great first step for a lot of people is saying, okay, there are, there are some behaviors I habitually do, or there are some thoughts or feelings I habitually have, but there's also me that's free of those. And there are tons of times and my worst with bulimia, like there were many times when I wasn't thinking at all about binging and purging. Right. Where was it then? Couldn't have been me. How could it? Where was it? You know, and so that helps people so much to have that that bit of distance. It's a great first step. Wow. That's so powerful. You know, um, I always say to people, behavior follows belief. And um and a lot of times that's what's happening. We're trying to correct behavior instead of getting into what we really believe to be true about ourselves because no person can consistently behave in a way that's inconsistent with how they view themselves. And and so really helping them work on their point of view of who they are and how they're showing up is so important. Um, are you good on time? Yes. Okay. Okay. So um, – you know, this this show is called Uphill Conversations, and what I like to tell people is your current condition does not match your emerging future, and it never will, <laughs> you know? So yeah. until you reach the end of it, which hopefully we're all going to be working toward our emerging future, right? Um, and anything worth having is uphill, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits. And, you know, your your little book of change, you really address a lot of that. And you're, like I said, you know, in the very beginning, I love your statement that clarity and insights on, on habits in life. So you can't go uphill with downhill habits. And a lot of us, what happens is imagine like a cyclist trying to go up a hill and they're going to try this hill and they just started out, you know, you're working on it, but then you coast back down to the bottom again. Then you push yourself and you do a little bit more and you're learning how to work your gears or then maybe you get a riding buddy, you know, and then, ah, well, I can't go that far this time. You're always working towards something, but eventually you get to really become competitive. And you know what I mean? As far as first for yourself and letting your potential really, you know, it just, 
you discover your potential and what you're capable of doing. And belief is going to be a big part of that. So moving beyond a little engine that could, right? We want to get into what we can, and and I will. I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer in. I don't ask myself, "Can I do this? Will this happen? You know, um, is this even possible?" I start with, "Do I want this?" And I really try to fix my mind on that. Do I want this? And then I do through conditional logic. If I say yes, then I say, "Okay, now." What's my next step? What am I going to do? What um, priority do I need to establish? And not just make a list of priorities, but schedule that as a priority in my life, whatever it is, so that it becomes a part of my day, so that way I can do it one day and then set myself up to live into it to the next day. So with all of that being said in that type of picture, what downhill habit that you could would be willing to share that's a story that you knew that you were doing over and over and over and over again? And then finally, something clicked. What was it? How'd you overcome that downhill habit? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I'm sure there are many, many, many of them. <laughs> um, oh, we just want them all. So yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. well, I mean, there are some right now. Like I can, I can sort of see, and and I. I don't think I do them in the same way, but it's funny, like even just, even just stuff around my own growth and my business and things like that, that I can see my mind pulling me to that downhill habit. You know, like, I love what you said about like the, that question, do I want this? And if the, I totally agree with that, if the answer is yes, then of course you're, you're just going to do what occurs to you to move in that direction. Yet I, and I do that yet my mind will, will want to look, yeah, but is it working yet? Yeah, but where's that? yeah, but what, but what about this? You know, and so it's so funny because I know at one point in time that stuff would have totally derailed me, and it still might temporarily. But luckily, it it shows up like I can know from the feeling of that, for the most part, that it's like, oh yeah, okay. The second my dreams feel like dashed in an instant, that can't be real. <laughs> That's got to be something my mind's trying to trick me with, you know. So. Right. So it's funny how it just even wants to stay around, like our mind wants to stay relevant, but you start to just not fall for it so much. Um, but probably a bigger one, you know, in terms of habits and addictions and things and what I see with a lot of others too, is like just just everything I tried to do to make my, we'll say my binge eating habit, like make that go away. You know, it was so, and it was like, I mean, just just the way, my mind would constantly kind of like what I'm saying with the business stuff, but like, just look at, at, yeah, but what'd you eat yesterday? Yeah. But why would you think that you can be free of this? Look at the past three years or six years or eight years or whatever, you know, and like, and, and I can see in hindsight really, and remember how I would start to just feel that, that curiosity and that health and that resilience come to the surface, usually early in the morning <laughs> before mm. my, before my mind had fully woken up, I'd wake up feeling pretty good most days. And then pretty quickly, my mind would come in and tell me what I ate the day before and how this day was likely to go. And, and I could, it was just almost like being hijacked. It's like, wait, I was just, my, my nature was wanting to move me in, in the good direction uphill and my mind came in and hijacked me and now I'm headed downhill, you know? And mm. like, I, I just remember that feeling of that so often. And, and I hear that all the time for people with habits, like the morning is often a strong time for people. They wake up really hopeful, feeling great. But by midday, things are starting to look scary. And all that is, is that the conversations changed in their own heads 
you know, and, and we just need to kind of not roll downhill with that. Okay. So when you, when you, when you, you know, started shifting that conversation, so basically the way you overcame it was what, what did you do in that situation to, to really get yourself to where you said, I'm going past where I've ever gone before. Yeah. Seeing that that conversation, the way it felt, it did not feel like a friend. It did not feel like wisdom. It did not feel like anything kind at all. The, it did not feel like my nature. <laughs> like it, it was not a friend. So seeing that the, the feeling of that was showing me, oh, this is just the old story. And, and starting to see that more, again, having my own personal evidence for that, like knowing that, like I know I love my kids, knowing it and that with that much clarity, it just stopped even coming around because I no longer bought it. Mm. And then it, then it was done, you know, but it's like I had to really have those shifts of seeing it. It was in some ways very quick and in some ways very incremental and gradual. It's a funny thing, you know, because it's not like it went away instantly overnight, but it started to lose so much of its umph, like really pretty quickly. And then it just kind of petered out because there was no attention given to it. It just didn't, it just looked like an illusion. That sounds like, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, I love that because one of the things that I like to tell people is I want you to write out a notice of cancellation. I want you to cancel the agreement you have made with yourself and this thing and write it. I hereby cancel all the agreements that I've made with you, like really get yourself involved in it to where you just, you you're making a statement like, you know, like I'm going to cancel a contract. I'm building a house or something. And you know what? This is going the wrong way. You know what? I'm pulling out. I'm done with this. Right. You've got to get to the yeah. point where you're like, this is enough. And that's what it is. Like you gave a notice of cancellation. You canceled the agreement you had and you said, this is a different story. No longer am I going to fill up blank pages with this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't just a commitment, like the commitment's fine, but you, you know, you can have a commitment and it can be, it can be a bunch of willpower. I'm not going to listen to that. And it's going to be different today. And, you know, and again, that's gone by noon, but, but it was seeing it differently. It was knowing, absolutely knowing, like I would not talk to myself in that way. That's not me. Mm. Wow. That's so rich. Well, let me ask you this question. Um, in over the next 12 months, what are three things that you are very, very optimistic about? It could be personal or professional. Oh, good question. Um, 12 months. Where are we? So by next year, this time we'll, we'll and like, I, uh, I have this online school where I share these, these, this understanding with people and lots of people coming in with different habits and, and just people who want to just see life in a better way. So I'm, uh, it's been open for almost a year and I have huge plans and dreams for the school this coming year of, of, um, improving a lot of what we're giving people, which is already awesome, but just the growth and so much. So I'm super excited about that. That kind of leads into even bigger really is my kind of mission is, is changing the way that we think about how our mind works and just helping everyone see that we, no one is flawed. No one needs to be fixed, you know, and the school is part of doing that, how I do that. But there's just such a, 
such a bigger possibility, you know, and just kind of stepping into a bigger platform for like sharing this and helping people see the old disease model of psychology isn't really where it's at. You know, there's a new paradigm and there's so much hope, so much hope. Um, so kind of getting that out in a bigger way. And I guess a third would be just thinking more personally. Um, I feel really optimistic. I, I don't even know if optimism is a, is a great word for it, but I'm just really excited in the next year to um, hang out with my family more. Like, I don't know. It's just such a, such a fun thing for me as I, as I start to feel more fulfilled and do more and reach more people in business, how, how I've seen that kind of free me up to like really be present with my kids who are six and eight. So they're young and they're really fun to hang out with. And, you know, we just do so much fun stuff together and, and I really, really treasure our family time and, so I'm just excited to see how those little people evolve over the next year. And, you know, it's just fun to watch. That is, no, that's great. I, 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 that's a, I mean, what a wonderful vision, especially your choice of word to be present, you know, and, and I feel like we all could use a lot more presence, you know, to really just be there, but it's getting all these other things around us in order as well. You know, we need to have that so that we can really just sit still and not have our mind occupied on other things while you're trying to color or play frisbee or whatever else you know exactly (laughs) you know like like oh my gosh i gotta write this oh my gosh i gotta do it's just so uh crippling but it sounds like you are and i i believe you'll get it i can just i can hear it in your voice um and what's the best way for people to you know for, for the stuff that you would say hey look for this audience listening today um here's where i want them to go this is where i want them to really find and engage me yeah, the um the book you mentioned, so the little book of big change is a great place to start because it goes into all this stuff really deeply. Um, you can see links to that on my website, which is just dramyjohnson.com. And then the school, the little school of big change.com is where to go for that. And it's again, it's an online school and community that's all based all around everything that we've been talking about here. And it's a it's a really great place to be. That is awesome. You have any new books in the works? Um, I do, but not, not concrete enough to say much about yet, but there's, there's one that's been kind of following me around in the back of my head and it's (laughs) starting to come into the world. So let's give it a little time, but eventually (laughs) it's following you around and it's starting to tap you on the shoulder, huh? (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, I've really enjoyed speaking with you and, um, I, I do like to sometimes say, to people i would love a round two so i think what we need to do is get that scheduled here down the road and um i would love to check in with you and bring you back because for me this is the this is my favorite topic it's people it's it's seeing their lives improve it's seeing people overcome to grow and to change and to really experience true life transformation um and it's not and i like what you said i'm gonna start using that so by the way i am hijacking you know we are habit free and we're well already i think that's a great place to start with the thinking it's just we got all this other stuff that we've just invited in you know, in other words, we have the wrong company, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> but, but this has been awesome. And I thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you. It was really great to meet you and great to talk with you. Well, you've been listening to another episode of Uphill Conversations. Um, always remember your current condition does not match your emerging future and it never will. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. Um, always remember that you can be more, do more and have more. 
and your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and no one else. But most importantly, you will see people like me and Dr. Amy Johnson on the Hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the Hill.